0: Our text for this morning comes from the 18th chapter of the book of Genesis, and then we will go to the 21st chapter of Genesis. You can follow along on page 7 in your bulletin. The Lord appeared to Abraham at the oaks of Mamre, where he sat at the entrance of his tent in the day's heat. He looked up and suddenly saw three men standing near him. As soon as he saw them, He ran from his tent entrance and greeted them and bowed deeply. He said, Sirs, if you would be so kind, don't just pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought so that you may wash your feet and refresh yourselves under the tree. Let me offer you a little bread so you will feel stronger. And after that, you may leave your servant and go on your way since you have visited your servant. They responded, Fine. Do just as you have said. So Abraham hurried to Sarah at his tent and said, Hurry, knead the three sails of the finest flour and make some baked goods. Abraham ran to the cattle, took a healthy young calf, and gave it to a young servant who prepared it quickly. Then Abraham took butter, milk, and the calf that had been prepared, put the food in front of them, and stood under the tree near them as they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife, Sarah? And he said, Right here in the tent. Then one of the men said, I will definitely return to you about this time next year. Then your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Sarah and Abraham were both very old, and Sarah was no longer menstruating. So Sarah laughed to herself, thinking, I'm no longer able to have children, and my husband's old. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and said, Me give birth at my age? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? When I return to you about this time next year, Sarah will have a son. Sarah lied and said, I didn't laugh, because she was frightened. But he said, No. You laughed. And now from Genesis 21. The Lord was attentive to Sarah, just as he said, and the Lord carried out just what he had promised to her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son for Abraham when he was old, and at the very time God had told him. Abraham named his son the one Sarah bore him, Isaac. Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, just as God commanded him. Abraham was a 100 years old and his son Isaac was born. And Sarah said, God has given me laughter. Everyone who hears about it will laugh with me. She said, who could have told Abraham and Sarah would nurse sons? But now I've given birth to a son when he was old. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God, amen. Amen. One of the things I remember back home in Michigan when I was growing up is whenever we had dinner on Thanksgiving or Christmas, while mom was busy cooking the dinner, it was usually my job to set the table. And I did this for years, even after I had went to college and even when I would, even after I was done with college, I would always set the table. It was something I loved to do because it meant doing something that we seldom did. It meant that we got to use the special tableware. We would get out the fancy, the utensils, the dinnerware that would sat in a tray Beneath the regular ones, I would then go to a cabinet and bring down the dishware that we used on these special occasions. I would also use the glassware that was actually in the um, on the uh, level below the dishes and then we would get all of this out and sometimes I'd also use the napkins that were in another in a drawer. These were all the things that we didn't normally use. They were for special events, like a holiday. Most of the time, we never really had guests over for dinner, but we still used the special dinnerware because it was not any old day, it was a holiday. But if we did have guests, and there were the times that we did, We would use that special dinnerware because we wanted to tell our guests that they were welcome. In our text today, Abraham welcomes three guests. He was sitting outside of his tent and these three men appear. We're never told who really much about these people except that it sounds like it actually was God And from what we can tell, since they were three, that this was God showing up in Trinity. Is Abraham aware of this? We don't know. What we do know is that he tells the strangers not to pass him by. He wanted to wash their feet and to offer some water and bread. Now, after all this, he gets Sarah to go and make the finest bread possible. He gets a calf to prepare, and he goes and gets other things to prepare a marvelous feast for these guests. Now, you have to understand something here about why Abraham was doing all of this. It has a lot to do with the climate that he was in. Now, the area, of course, where this all takes place, which would be modern-day Israel and probably other parts of, parts of Jordan, are desert. Now, in a culture like that, and back then, of course, they didn't have things like cars or air conditioning, showing hospitality to strangers was not just a nice thing to do. It was actually a matter of life and death. The desert was a harsh place to live. And these were places that where people would live in the desert were almost always built near water. So strangers in these cultures were not always safe because of course they were from out of, outside of the community. And they traveled to these settled communities and the settled communities in some ways offered a bit of protection the stranger that is on a journey. So when he sees, when Abraham sees these three people coming, he sees them as needing help and he responds lavishly. So why did Abraham do this? What was it that made him be so hospitable to these strangers? What we know is that when he sees these men, he responds over and above what his culture required. And he did it with enthusiasm. It was during the time that he has had dinner with these three strangers that we learn that Sarah, one of them says they will come back the next year. And when they come back, Sarah will have a son. And Sarah, who was listening nearby, laughs. Well, why did she laugh? Well, we know why. She's 90 years old. She was getting way, way beyond the age that you could have a child. And Abraham wasn't a spring chicken either, in fact, he was older than Sarah. Old people don't have babies. But the laugh was not just because how absurd it was. It probably was also a laugh of desperation or frustration. She had never been able to have children. And in that culture, when there were infertility problems, The person, and not knowing uh, how, kind of how the body works, the woman was usually the one that was blamed. So she had to deal with the guilt and embarrassment of not being able to have a child. And then out of nowhere, some guy that just happened to be walking by just says she's going to have a child in a year. She probably wanted to cry or strangle this person, but all that she could do is laugh. She knew that God had promised Abraham and her a child, that they were supposed to be the mother and father of a nation, that these two old people were going to launch this people. The thing is, you'd have to laugh about all this. You've been promised this, but there are a few problems because, of course, you're way beyond childbearing age. You're getting Social Security. And you have this weird guy just saying, oh, yeah, you're going to have a baby. But, of course, what we find out is, of course, a year later, it does happen. Sarah has a baby boy. And she calls him Isaac because God had given her laughter. So why does this part of the story matter so much? What is the importance of Abraham welcoming these strangers and about Sarah having a child? As we are and will be for the next few months, we are in a kind of a a sermon series where we will be focusing on the concept of Ubuntu, which is a kosher word, which is from Southern Africa. And as I said last week, it means roughly, I am because you are. And I started to read a book that is um, by a theologian, Michael Battle, that is about the Ubuntu theology of Desmond Tutu, the former Archbishop um, of Johannesburg, I'm sorry, of Cape Town. Now, when Tutu was growing up, it was around that time, in the late 1940s, that the customs and laws that we come to know know as apartheid became law. So Tutu believed that the system that he saw that set up this hierarchical system that was to gird apartheid was against God's will. In God's kingdom, there was an equality, not a segregated system, such as what was found in South Africa. And that's the thing about systems like, say, apartheid, or Jim Crow in the American South, or under authoritarian regimes and rulers. They're not open to other views, or frankly, other people. They believe that they and they alone have special access to God, to reason, or whatever you want to say, they believe that they can decide who is in and who is out. And because they believe that they have this power, they end up shutting themselves from people that they don't like. That also means that they shut God, out. You see, to believe that I am because you are means there is nothing that says that I am better than you. Ubuntu means that we are open to the other. We are open to each other. We are open To our neighbors, we are open to the stranger, and ultimately, we are open to God. Abraham sees these three strangers and welcomes them lavishly. He wants to serve these strangers. Abraham wanted to make room for them. And because of this, because he made room for these strangers, he made room for God. The God that we serve is a relational God. God in Trinity, God as a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit means that God is in communion with God's self. But God also longs to relate with humanity. And that is one of the reasons that Abraham and Sarah were promised Isaac. Because through Isaac and later through the people that would come from Abraham and Sarah would be a people through which God could communicate with the rest of humanity. But here is the thing. But for God to relate to us, we have to be open to God. Abraham was open to God and he was open to people. And when we are open to God, we are open for an adventure. Are we open to adventure? Over the years, I have always heard people talk about how important hospitality is. In some ways, I used to scoff because I didn't think that I thought that this was maybe going away from some of the more weightier ideas, and themes in Christianity. But more and more, I believe God is showing how welcoming people, extending hospitality, is vital to our Christian walk. In a time when we live, in a time when we want to close doors, when we want to not welcome people who are different from us, God is calling us to open the doors to run to guests, and to serve them. This past week, we started a series on our Bible study on evangelism. We are listening to a series of sermons preached by Jeff Mitchell, who is a pastor of Lindenwood Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Memphis. One of the things that he said in that initial sermon is that it is important to pray that God put people in our lives. When we get up, when we come, even when we come to church, when we go to our jobs, we are to pray that we can bless someone that day. Not to tell them necessarily, you know, do you want to accept Jesus? It's about how do we treat them with the love of God that we would want to be treated with. If we are welcome, are to welcome the stranger that enters the door of this church, we are called to treat them in a way that Abraham treated the three visitors. And we are to be open to God and open to whoever comes in. So, are we open to adventure? Are we prepared for the company that will come into our lives? Are we prepared for God to come into our lives? And are we ready for God to actually put people in our lives that we can welcome with the love of God? And what will happen if we open ourselves to God and to the people around us? We would be open to new adventures, and God may take us to places we might not expect. These days, some of that fancy dinnerware that we had um, in in my mom and dad's house in Michigan is now in my kitchen cabinet. Right now they aren't used for special occasions. But I have my own set. Daniel and I have our own set of dishes that are used just the same way. We use them for special occasions. Because they remind, and those glasses that are now used every day and the dinnerware that sits in our cupboard now reminds me that we need to be ready to serve be ready and open because something special, someone special is coming. How are we treating the visitor that shows up at our door? Thanks be to God. Amen.